The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. From Caritas, Alabama, this is Radio Wave Medianomics. Joining us uh, on location, uh, actually we're in the studio, and a friend of Medjugorje is joining us on location where he's completing uh, the book, uh, They Fired the First Shot. And again, that's the book that uh, we've been speaking about for the last uh, several weeks here. So again, we ask that you please continue to keep that in prayer uh, for this to come to a quick uh, conclusion. And so joining us on location is your host, a friend of Medjugorje. I think it's very interesting that you hear now today many people speaking of things that we were saying 10, 15, even 20 years ago. Not that we had any kind of lead on that. It's just that many people may have thought the same thing. But what prevented them from saying it is confidence to say the conditions we suffer from now, for instance, heading towards socialism and likes, that people wasn't bold enough to say that because while they had an inkling for it, they thought they might be wrong. What gives us the confidence to say what we said? And many things we say now in Medjinomics, people wouldn't dare say. They might have thought it, but they wouldn't say it. The difference is Our Lady. We have her words, her messages. 
But even those in the Midgard phenomenon, those who have followed Our Lady, often still had lack of confidence to say what they needed to say. If you pray, you comprehend the messages, you can be prophetic. It's easy to do. Yes, it takes deep prayer. It takes re reflection. But just as the scriptures can show us how to live what we need to do in preparation for what's coming in the future, so to our ladies echoes the same for modern man. And so we have a, a void in voices out there. Everybody complaining and saying, this is coming, but no solutions. And so our solution is the repentance, the necessary turning toward Christ. When every factor of Christian vestiges, or every vestige of Christianity is being removed, it's just the opposite of what the solution is. We always go back to what our lady says, without Jesus you have no future. And so we're trying to build a society to meet the crisis, the things that's taking place, and we have people, oh yeah, I'll go in God. I'm not talking about just the people that's depraved. I'm talking about people that, that yeah, we, yeah, we got God, but we, you know, they come up with these human things. It will not work. And because people keep, grasp, keep grasping for everything and seeking the answers in the wrong places, we continue to see what a lady told us yesterday on Mariana's May 2nd apparition. A stark, startling even shocking message because it's speaking to us who's been following her. Our lady said, I desire to save you from restlessness. Strange. We addressed that last night on the show. But at the same time, what does that mean for us today, especially with metagenomics? People are actually caught in the middle. They're still making a living in the way and the system that they feel may not be there tomorrow. And they haven't made a transition to another way to find out how to do that. And what does this create? Despair? Restlessness? When you're in the middle and you don't know which way you're going, you get restless. So we've gone on waiting for the secrets. We've gone on waiting for our lady to act. We've gone on knowing and realizing more and more every day that the system as it is now has a judgment against it. And this middle ground causes restlessness. I want to get there. I want to go there. As we talked about last week, some people are starting to realize they feel like they're in a race. Well, that makes sense. When yesterday our lady says, don't, or rather not, don't, the word she used is actually do not waste time. You are in a race. Don't settle and wait. Well, I'll deal with it when it comes. Until that time I'll be restlessness, you'll fall into despair because you're not acting. You must act now. This is the moment. Don't hesitate. Don't procrastinate. Those things don't work. Yes, you may have to continue making a living in the system that it is, but parallel that. I was doing that 35, 40 years ago. I saw it back then. And I had to do a parallel living. Get into, get into subsistence living while making money from the world. You had to juggle two different ways, really, until you can make that transition. That's why we 
designed the Maracas Medal Medjugorje Medallion. We did that for a specific purpose, to put your funds into that so that you can immediately make that transition and hold that. If something happens, you at least got some means to do whatever you need to do. But you don't want to hold that in the, to, the, to the medallion, these rounds, because you're better off having a system in place where you're getting your food from your ground to your mouth. Where your cow's eating that grass and you eat the cow. If you can do that and you got the means to do that now, do it. Search for your land. Get your place. And from what I understand, that leads into Joan's story today. The corporate lawyer looked out the window of his 12th-story condominium and saw air that wasn't fit to breathe, gridlocked streets, and homeless people warming themselves on steam that belched from below. The city dweller assumed that's how the whole world looked. The urbanite saw no birds or fish and thought the entire animal kingdom was endangered. The only animals visible were pets, and they were locked up, although the criminals that stalked the city streets were not. This civilized resident of New York City commuted to Washington, D.C., on business and vacationed in Atlantic City. From these extensive travels, he assumed that people were the same the world over. America was like a golden triangle. There was New York, L.A., and Disney World, with nothing of any consequence in the middle. You could get lost out there in the heartland. Something is changing in this world. Something is changing in his world, though something profound. America is moving. The U-Hauls are headed home, beyond the sprawl. For the first time in California's history... More than 30 and 40-year-olds left the state, then moved in. Moving van companies report that 7 out of 10 families leaving the big cities are moving to less urbanized areas. It's not just the city residents getting back to basics. Businesses are boomeranging back to the country also. Most of our great American corporations started out in small towns, grew up, and then moved to the big city, just like the country kids. You couldn't keep them down on the farm. But guess who's coming home to the hinterlands? Texaco, J.C. Penney. Even Exxon left New York for Irving, Texas. Every corporation that can do its business someplace cheaper is migrating. Walmart, the nation's largest retailer, is located in Bentonville, Arkansas. And Phillips Petroleum can be found in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. With computers, faxes, and overnight delivery, it is no longer necessary to live in New York to be in touch with the real world. Boise is just as good, or North Platte, or Grand Junction. Besides, New York never knew much about the real world anyway. Even blow-dried, 1980s-type money managers, the ones who escaped jail sentences, are moving to the country, and not just for the fishing. States with big populations are barely, barely able to pay their bills, so they are raising all sorts of new taxes. In an effort to keep some of their own money, people are moving out. Realtors call it moving down. Those who have tried it say it's moving up. Americans are getting cabin fever. Big city dwellers are trying to unload their row houses, condos, and their 1500 a month mortgages. They're tired of schools and panhandlers that promise to work but don't. They're tired of muggers 
and corrupt politicians, both after the same thing. Along with this change of address comes a new attitude. The last yuppie died in 1990. They were bores anyway. They could no longer afford the latest hip haircut because theirs was a false economy. So now they are trading in their gold cards for library cards. They had to give up their country club membership and decided to move to the real country where you can actually get a tea time and don't need a home equity loan to pay the initiation fee. As America moves back home, we will be seeing fewer Japanese cars and more American-made trucks, fewer Gucci loafers and more Justin Ropers, Americans who have been eating tofu and sun-dried tomatoes and drinking expensive water will finally taste it and say, this stuff tastes awful. As Americans come home, they will rediscover homemade cooking, free parking, fresh air, the great outdoors, and their own children. The shopping mall and video arcade were never proper places to raise children anyway. Americans are rediscovering what those of us who live in the country have known all along. You can't send down roots in soil that has been paved over in cement and asphalt. That's it. That's the point. And that's the point that the devil is doing what he's doing. As people read the messages, and even this move that this article is talking about, where did this come from, Joan? Yeah, Lee Pitts. Okay, I figured that. So even though he's writing that, these thoughts and this process is the message. It's our lady says, go out into creation, go out in nature, go out and find a quiet place to pray. Repeatedly she says this. And Satan heard this. Satan saw this. So he wants to counter this. You think it's just by magical or coincidence that the environmental movement comes up and rises up to anti-Our Lady? The environmental movement is anti-message. Their purpose is to lock large portions of land away. They want you to keep you from that. They want to put wells on your well heads. They want to put meters on it. They go to every county to get a sustainable development plan. They bring people in and say, oh, you're not complying with the law. You need to do this because federal regulations. And they say, we don't know how to do that. They hire the guy. Oh, I know how to do that. And then he moves on to the next county and says the same things. They got a, a global agenda, but they can't achieve that locally. All this is playing. We watched it. Look what happened while you're sleeping. goes into the details of this. And Satan's plan is to keep you from the land. It's restrictive. There's green zones now out in the country. It's getting harder and harder to buy something and be able to build on it. I was talking to somebody a few weeks ago that had their um, wanted to sell part of their 17 or 12 acres, I forget what it was, to one of their kids. They can't do it because the county... They're not in city, has got new zoning restrictions against that. It's his property. Why can't he do that? It's his well. Who's going to put a meter on it? Yeah, this is there. It's in your county. You say, no, I don't. I got a well. They don't do it. It's in the law. And somewhere down the road, just like they did in Oregon, after it's been sitting there sleeping, that they got passed, and you won't be able to connect it to them, eight years, nine years later, they come in and sue the county and say, hey, you're not protecting the wellheads. It's called wellhead protection. Look at your zoning. What does that mean? Put a meter on it. Be monitored. It's your water. I was talking to a commissioner a while back, 
and he was saying water in a creek doesn't belong to the people who have it. I said, where are you getting that from? They're meeting once a month with environmentalists. They're brainwashing these commissioners and these people to believe these stupid things. You buy land, your water goes with it. I know out west that may be different because there's water rights. But if you buy the water rights, it's yours. We don't need environmentalists come telling us you can't use that for what it is your purpose is. When I bought land, the first priority for me was does it have water? If it doesn't have water, what use of it is it to you, to the future? And I didn't do this because of the messages. I did this because I was praying and thinking about heritage and family and how I should be living away from the cities and what the future holds. So you have people scared to speak out about certain things. I remember in the 90s saying certain things. People say, you're, you're being too, you know, doom and gloom. It's not doom and gloom. Get out of the cities. Thank God we did what we did with Caritas at that time. Back in the 80s. We wouldn't be speaking to you today if we didn't do that. We started off with another 150 Medjugorje centers in 86 in Boston. And none of them turned out the way we turned out. Not that we're better. Not that I'm saying we're above that. We followed the messages to a T and went beyond prayer, fasting, and holy mass and peace. That people locked in, that's all we have to do. No, those things are done to illuminate you, to open your heart up to see the moves you have to make and radically change, quote, the direction of your life, Holy Virgin Mary's words. By doing these things, it may go well for you. Don't mean we won't suffer. It will not mean we won't go through the admonitions. But we're in the position God's shown us to be. And you need to get there. Do not waste time. If you do, you're going to be restlessness. And when you're restless, I'll let it keep save you. She says, I want to save you from restlessness. And once you go into restlessness, you go into despair. And our lady goes on and says, restlessness, despair, and eternal exile. That's where you go to. So we've got to realize this call of our lady is not business as usual. It's not being what people, should I? Do I need to do this? We have still people calling Frank and saying, you know, I don't know if I should do this. Why don't you know? We're telling you. We've done it. We lived it. And if you feel the inklings toward it, act on those inklings. Do not hesitate. It's dangerous. It's of no value. It's wasting time. You're not going to build your little subsistence way of life in a year or two years or five or ten years. I've been at it since 77 when I bought my land. And before that, I was thinking about it. And I was planning it. I was implementing it. So it's a lifetime, and maybe you can make it better for your children, because as this article Joan just read, Lee Pitts' article, writing, people are fleeing the cities. So Satan's got to come up with this plan, the environmental movement. That's the devil's movement. You say, oh, I love the environment. We all do. That's why I'm out in the country, and that's why you might have longing to do that. We love nature. We love creation. But he heard our lady say, go out in creation. Work in the fields. He heard all you talking about agrarian type messages about agricultural, about plowing as you plow your heart, a message she gave. About the seeds growing. 
The people would flee to that because why? They can be holier in the country. Oh, you're saying better, people are better in the country than in the city? Yes, I am saying that. I spoke all over France, Paris, Normandy, all different places. Not just recently in the last October trip. Back in the late 80s and the 90s, many times. And you know where the people were godly? The major portion of France was Brittany. Why? Because they're a bunch of country bumpkins. Is there some kind of tie to the land that makes people want to pray more? When you have to depend on the rain for God to help you, it doesn't depend on you and your computer. Are you and your, your job and your work and making things happen by money? Nature provides the means to be more dependent in the, in the physical environment of nature and its workings than what you do in operating the city. And the city breeds crime. It's a fact. In rural areas, it's less. People say, well, crime's rising there. Well, it's, cry it's rising 10 times more in the city. And yeah, through the internet and things and phones, there is a transmission to the rural. But why the scripture says, you know, don't be in the cities when things happen. Go out into the mountainsides. So Satan sees this flight to the rural. And so he creates an environmental movement, which is radical, which is trying to control everything, which takes the water regulations, the Clean Water Act, and backs up on navigable waters, rivers where tugboats go, into the little creek that goes into that, and they say, well, that gives us jurisdiction over there, and they make regulations on that. They follow that large creek to the smaller creek, all the way back up in the inland, back to the farm, back to somebody's little cottage, and say they got control over that. They don't have it. And that's what the book, They Fight the First Shot, shows you they don't have it. Stop them from coming on your lands. I don't want to go there now. You can learn about more of that in the book. But it's time we say, no, you're not going to. We're not going to give in to your regulations. You made in the law. But all this is from the devil because he wants to retard, stop, stime your movement. And if you can see these things, why don't you react the other way? I go into the ambush. I don't run away from it. When I'm doing something with Medjugorje and spreading the messages, and everybody can take care of us, when I see that resistance, that's exactly, I go, hey, everybody charge. We're going to go all the more. We don't run from it. Most of the people in Medjugorje run away from it. Well, somebody might like this. The Franciscans may not like it. They don't like it. We don't do it. I don't, I don't operate underneath the Franciscans. I'm not saying that's negative toward them. Our Lady called me to the movement, not them. Our Lady called me to the movement, not, the, not a bishop. I respect their authorities, but I also respect the Lady's authority. And it's she who has come and says, you listen to me. Okay, She's my general. She's your general. And she's telling you what to do. Are you doing it? And if you're not, you're restless. You're falling into restlessness. Frank? Yeah, so Our Lady keeps calling us uh, to unity, and th these things seem overwhelming or insurmountable to th that we could actually defeat the evil that wants to begin to rule or that, that pride has become to rule. We have over $100 trillion in unfunded liabilities. That no, one's, no one's coming up with an answer for Social Security. It's, it's a giant Ponzi scheme, and, and just the fact that nobody's doing anything about it you see, this is a, this is a planned destruction. I mean, you know, there, there's.
Our Lady keeps leading us to this way out. And it's something that's um, always been very important to me as Jesus pleads for us to be one, as, as he and the Father are one, with unity. And I think some people will, will call me and say, Did you hear about this prophecy or that prophecy that we're, there's caves and there's refuges? And, and it just doesn't make any sense to me, run and hide in a cave. Well, the, the, whole, the whole refuge thing is, is not the message. It's the way of life. It's not a refuge. A refuge means you're going somewhere and then you're going to come back to something. We're not coming back to the cities. We're not coming back to the rural areas as they stand now. We're coming back to a way of life. We're going to a way of life. No return. When we return, it will be the final time of the Antichrist. This is all a trial to show the people in the future how we lived through a, a time that could have been the Antichrist. And it is an Antichrist system. It's just that I lady here to interrupt that because she's going to triumph. So if the Antichrist system is now, she won't be able to triumph because it's going to be Jesus Christ who triumphs. She'll triumph in this trial run. Jesus will triumph in his glorious second coming at the end of that. So everything we write, everything we live, is the story. The stories of the martyrs, of those who lived and walked with the Holy Virgin Mary in this her time. And you'll have people reading and studying even what's written about how we lived in the moment of this with Our Lady on daily apparitions and suffered through these things, and these radical environmentalists, these radical, the, the socialism is coming, the tyranny is about trying to just come in this rain that's already starting to rain, how we went through it and it was broken. And of course, Our Lady's secrets will break that and they give us a time of peace and she'll triumph. But man is not content when everything goes his way. He falls back on restlessness and then that restlessness will fall into recklessness with what God's given to him. And there he'll fall underneath the Antichrist system. But anyway, Frank, with, with what's going on with the Marcus Medjugorje silver medallions and what people need to be doing, and the fact that there's no movement is flatlined, what do you say about that? Well, what I say is there's something that we all should be able to unite under. And there is a refuge for all of us. And this is the fact that, as Christians, we have a mother. Jesus said this from the cross. And we should be able to see biblically that Mary is very unique in the fact she was asked a favor from God to help God save the world. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Mary was right there with him. And, and if your pastor doesn't see this, if you're a non-Catholic Christian... This is very easy to understand. This is biblical. Look at Abraham. Look at Solomon. Look at, you know, all the things in the New Testament. You suffer with me also, so reign with me. Mary's unique. This is our refuge. And so the miraculous metal Medjugorje around, there's some very, very profound prophecies and some very profound things that we can enter into to Mary's yes. And we can say, we accept what Jesus did. We accept that he came to die on the cross for us by uniting with Mary and her yes. The answer to fiat money is Our Lady's fiat. She said yes to God. All Christians should understand this. All Christians should run to the miraculous metal Medjugorje round because uh, the, the fact that silver is finite, it's tremendously undervalued, it's, it's suppressed, it's manipulated, but because it has 
our Queen Mother. It has God's Queen Mother. It has Mary who said yes to God. This is our refuge. This is something that it, that it will, united under her son, defeat the evil that wants to begin to rule, entering into Mary's yes. Well, the, the main the main gist of this is to spread Our Lady. You can everybody's got holdings and funds or whatever they may have it. The main gist is to get this into the silver, have it there. I think it's a matter of national security that the price of silver is being kept down purposely right now. Uh, you can have all the reasons, you know, for this group or that group, but they shorten it. But in the end, when everyone sees that the dollar is just paper, you're going to run to something of value. Why not have something on hand that is value, is not just value in and of itself, but has a spiritual value? That's why the Marcus Medal, the Marcus Medal is on the, round, the medallion. But for the purpose that you can have what your holdings may be, have your store and your wealth, or your means that you got to live by later, into something that when it's transferred to another for goods and services, it can bring conversion. That's the purpose, was we try to hijack different things in the culture. And we've done this, not with just this. This is not the first project that we've been successful with. But to do this, to get those out, that as people distribute it, and get some somebody's hands that has no idea what even it's about, just the fact that they carry it can bring conversion. They don't have to want to. The book Ain't Gonna Happen shows about what happened to Claude Newman, who didn't put it on his neck for something religious. He had a trinket. He liked it. When people see the Miraculous Metal Medjugorje round or medallion, they like it. People say it's beautiful. Nobody's going to throw it away. They're going to keep it in the pocket, keep it on, keep it in the drawer. They're going to keep it somewhere. That infiltrates, like a Trojan horse, into their home, into their pocket. They don't even have to be inclined to religion at all. They can be Jewish, just like in the book Ain't Gonna Happen. It talks about the man who was Jewish who got the Miraculous Medal, who walked in the Vatican and becomes... Wants to become a priest. Popo drains him to the miraculous medal. So it's not without a reason spiritually for this, but it's taking the physical reasons of realities of life, what we do with it, and do that. Frank, if people need to discuss this with you, uh, give your phone number and contact. Yeah, and I, I just wanted to mention, someone asked me to mention, they thought that the miraculous medal Medjugorje round was something they just put away for after the, after the time that the dollar crashes. No, you... Hey... Let me, let, me, let me say the point with that. No, don't even keep it for a crash. You get to sustainable living. Get rid of the miraculous round. That's, the purpose is to get it out there to people. But in the meantime, at least you got something, because even though they're suppressing the price of silver now, if the dollar crashes, you got zero. You can't have zero with silver. It can't happen. It's value. Well, let me take that back. In a crash, and people just want food, it can have zero value temporarily because you can't eat silver even. Your real gold, your real silver is not in those kind of riches in and of itself, but in the means to be able to feed yourself, to house yourself, to own your home, to be out of debt. Go ahead, Frank. Sorry. Yeah, the, the miraculous metals, it, silver is liquid now, and, and, and the miraculous metal, if, even if people are casting other gold and silver into the streets, this will be infinite value to you. But it, but it's more liquid than anything that you own. And it, traditionally, you have third-party risk there. You have a, a risk of collapse in paper. 
you don't have this risk. You can go to a coin dealer. You can call us. Um, we can make that liquid faster than you than than your check. One last quick question for Charles Schwab. Quick, quick, quick question: Is the dollar unconstitutional right now? Of course. And what's constitutional? Only gold and silver will be money in the United States. This is something every every congressman, every president should defend. They've sworn an oath to defend the Constitution. The Constitution says finite money. Anything else is abhorrent. And, and, you know, our abominations in these times make, would make Sodom and Gomorrah blush. And so this means, this means, this, this, what this means for us is the fact that we have a dollar that's not backed by silver or gold. The Constitution says it has to be. They can put a note out there, but it's got to be backed, and it's not. So you may say, well, that doesn't matter to me. Yes, it does matter to you, because when everybody gets educated to this and they don't want that, they won't go to silver. Where is it going to be? Who's going to have it? Frank, how do they get a hold of you? Okay. You can call us uh, toll-free, 877-936-7686. You can email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. And you can also look us up at globalsilverinvestors.com. That's our website. Okay. Until next time, we wish you our lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.